And we're back on Money Talk. I'm Andrew Work, and we welcome to the show now John Barron, who is the Vice Chair of Research at the Asian Development Bank Institute in Tokyo. Hello. Good morning, John. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Ah, I'm doing quite okay, actually. Quite okay. I've listened to my, uh, my, one of my favorite podcasts about uh, they're, they're doing a big feature on Irish history, so I'm quite excited to listen. Ah, but we're here to talk about Japan. Um, what is going on with the yen? It's just falling and falling and falling. Uh, as we you know, noted earlier in the show, it's breached at the 140 level. What is going on? Yes, well, we've seen a depreciation in the yen during May, uh, breaching the 140 level in the past days. And I think that, you know, similar to what we observed during 2022, what is happening in the U.S. is really impacting the level of uh, dollar-yen. Um, so although there has been some volatility in U.S. markets uh, in recent months, there is some concern about the stickiness in inflation and some further uh, tightening in monetary policy uh, as, as a result of that. And this, of course, affects the interest rate differential relative to, the, to, to Japan. Um, and as a result, we have seen some depreciating uh, effects on the yen. Because, hmm. I mean, uh, you know, people in Hong Kong, of course, they're interested in investing in the Japanese market. It's kind of hot right now after, you know, Warren Buffett piled in, piled in a couple of months ago. Uh, we like going there because, you know, it's Japan. It's cool. It's weird. It's different. Uh, but, of course, the flights are super expensive. But I mean, in terms of investing, is is now really the time to get into the Japanese market? Is is the is the low, you know, kind of the low position of the yen make it a value market at this point? Well, certainly the level of the yen is, is a contributory factor. I think that what we've seen recently in May is probably not something that would be a longer term phenomenon. But if we look at the at the level of the yen at the moment over even a, a longer term average over the past twelve months, for example, it's it's uh, quite uh, cheap, let's say, historically. So this has attracted uh, foreign investors. The, the stock market is up um, in recent, uh, in the last month. And, you know, I think um, the growth potential of Japanese firms is certainly there. Um, we are past the point now of the pandemic. Uh, the, the economy is opening up, and this is also a contributing factor towards inward investment. So I think um, on top of all of that, of course, as you say, the yen and, and the accommodative monetary policy is something that is also to, to be considered in that regard. Hmm. When you say an accommodative monetary policy, I mean, uh, I mean, the Japanese are learning to live with inflation for the first time in decades. Um, I mean, core, core inflation is down to what, 3.2%? Is this, is this still too high for the Bank of Japan? Are they, are they looking to get that down even further? Or are they like... You know, what is, their, what is their target at which point they're going to start to ease off on, on interest rates? Well, you know, the, the target for inflation is at 2%, but this is a, a target which um, should be achieved in a sustainable way. And what we've seen at the moment in terms of inflation is a high level of uncertainty on whether the rates that we're seeing are really sustainable. So um, these inflation rates, that you mentioned, 3% or whatever type of measure you look at, whether it be core, 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 or whatever type of measure, it's, it's generally above 3%. But this uh, price pressure is largely coming from external uh, forces, supply-side factors, um, and this makes it very difficult for the central bank to understand whether these effects are sustainable. Now, there is some... Uh, signs that uh, there will be a reaction in terms of wages, which can help to 
drive domestic demand and, and promote more sustainable inflation, which is, of course, what is uh, desired. Um, but at the moment, I think there's still a lot of uncertainty around this level of 3%, 3.5%. Um, so as a result of that, uh, the, the Bank of Japan is um, remaining flexible in its outlook and uh, it's, it's not committing to any... Uh, interest rate decision at the moment. Sure, but I mean, J- Japanese workers are looking at the headline inflation rates, and they're you know they're looking at their uh, they're looking at their pay raise, and they're not keeping up. I mean, uh, how 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 are Japanese workers reacting to this? They're like, listen, yeah, two uh, percent know, wage increase seems generous by Japanese standards, but I mean, when inflation's running at three point eight, three point nine percent, I mean, how 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 are they going to take that? Yeah, it's a good point. I think that if you look at the year. Um, up until March 2023, so 2022 to 2023, we can see that real wages have fallen. But that, of course, doesn't take into account the wage negotiations that have taken place in the in, in April of this year. So I think large firms have agreed for nominal wage rises of around 4%, um, maybe a little bit less than that. But I think the key thing is um, whether small and medium-sized enterprises can commit to nominal wage increases of that level and whether they would be sustained as well. I think there's lots of pressure on uh, smaller firms in terms of their profitability uh, outlook over the, over the next uh, year. There's uncertainty in the markets, of course. Um, so I think that it remains to be seen, but I think that... It's clear that there will be uh, nominal wage rises that will be in excess of what we saw in the previous period. So there is some movement towards, um, you know, real wage growth compared to last year. We've got 30 seconds uh, left. Uh, Small companies, SMEs are not doing as well as bigger ones. Uh, With the 30 seconds that we have left, I mean, are you you better off in Japan working for an SME or for a larger company in terms of, you know, where, where the profits are, where you can get a squeeze a little more out of your boss? Well, it's a good question. I think, you know, the fact is there's more employment overall in SMEs, so it would suggest that there's more possibility of employment in an SME. Um, I think, you know, the growth outlook may be somewhat uncertain, but I think that um, that's where uh, it would be most likely to to find employment, given the the nature of the uh, share of workers relative to the overall level. All right. Well, thank you very much. That's John Barron, who is the vice chair of research at the Asian Development Bank Institute, giving us a view from Japan today.